What is it like to have a spouse that was working a full-time job transition into being a medical student? How do you keep the lines of communication open when there is frustration? And why is it important to put your spouse first? What type of opinions do you offer your spouse when deciding what type of residency to pursue? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Zach, spouse of a recent graduate here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. All right. Well, we got another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I have a fantastic guest today. Zach, how are you doing? Great. Now, Zach is married to a current fourth-year student, and we're going to hear your perspective. That's awesome. All right. So let's start back in the beginning. Uh, Tenley. Uh, when she started thinking about medical school, uh, were you guys together at that point, or? or we were not. So okay. she um, decided she wanted to go to medical school when she was an undergrad, mm-hmm. and she applied. Um, unfortunately, did not get in the first time. Um, did another application um, for the second year, and also did not get in. And I believe at that point in her life, she um, evaluated maybe her strengths and her weaknesses in her application, and mm-hmm. decided to take a year off and strengthen her application. Um, and that's where I came into the picture as I met her, and we met during that that time. That How'd you two meet? Time. We met online. Okay. Um, Are you, do you but, feel comfortable sharing the website? or? Yeah, we're good. We're because <laughs> um, I know Tinder is very popular. Yeah, this, this was this was before Tinder. This is pre Tinder. Okay, pre Tinder. This, okay. this, <laughs> this is not the old fashioned way, but um, so through me so, uh, through websites, but okay. um, before apps, before apps. All right, before apps. And is this in California or Utah? Where is so, this? At? So we met in Utah. Okay, um, Tenley went to undergrad in California, and then. Mm-hmm. We were both from Utah, so okay. we met here in Utah. All right. And we were both just working full-time at the time. How soon in the, in the relationship did she kind of mention that she was applying to med school? Was that, like, right off the bat, or...? I don't... I remember it being one of the initial conversations about my feelings mm-hmm. towards medical school or towards her pursuing a graduate degree of some sort, and I said, you know what, if I'm, I'm here for you, let's do the application, and she asked... Um, are you serious about going with me somewhere? And I, I said, yes. I said, you know, if, if you got in I, and we're planning on getting married or engaged or wherever we are in our relationship, as long as we're not deciding not to be together, I would be there to support you. And mm-hmm. so that I felt like she told me that that gave her the go ahead that kind of won her over, I guess. That, support, that sealed the su- deal. Supported her <laughs> in the, she was on the fence with you, but like, you know, yeah. just yeah. the support that, that someone would support her yeah. for through, the attempt to do her dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, I, I've met a lot of medical students, applicants, and, you know, this is why I enjoy doing the podcast, just to explore this. I know, I think, so, like you said, explore dreams. Sometimes I think there are certain applicants, and sometimes women, usually women, who who feel that, like you just said, like they want someone to support them, because historically medicine has been very male-dominated and male-oriented. So I, I don't know if those discussions ever came up like, like that or how, how she felt towards the process in general just more the discussion came more along the lines of um previous people that she had interacted with um or dated or dated yeah um maybe not being as supportive of was more stereotypical gender roles in okay. the sense of the female should be in the home and maybe not pursue a degree and mm-hmm. um that i 
kind of said, no, you know, let's, let's try it and mm-hmm. we'll see where life takes us. And, you know, at that point we were still just getting our applications together. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know where it was going to go at that point. Do you, do either you or her come from a history of medicine? No. Family medicine? Okay. No, her family's okay. a history of lawyers mm-hmm. and my family is a history of, uh, just retail. Mm. My dad was owned a business. Mm-hmm. All right. So she's applying to med school. You're supporting her dream. Uh, where were you when she told you she got in? You remember that day? Um, I assume that was a great day. She was in a parking lot with her mom <laughs> in the car, and I was driving home from work, and she was crying on the phone. Mm-hmm. She said, Zach, I got in. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a, a happy day, emotional day. And, um, you know, we had... Up to that point, we had sat down at computers and looked at schools and, um, you know, for me, it wasn't as much, you know, doing it was just there to support, but the fact that she was accepted for her dream and that she's able to pursue it and, I don't know, just that happiness that comes with getting something that you've always wanted and mm-hmm. really wanted. Yeah, it's a beautiful moment. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a touching moment. And I think... I loved how you said she really strengthened the actual application because if I recall correctly, she got into other schools, multiple schools. Yeah, she, yeah. Had, she had multiple. So offers. she went from zero to yeah. yeah. So again, going back, like, so how did you guys come to this decision to come here? What was what was kind of the discussion like? So we had we basically made a pro con list of both both uh, multiple each school. We made a pro con list of you know obviously there's some Utah's the only one in state, so we had an in state option and we had out of state option and. Mm-hmm what moving would look like, what cost of tuition would look like, what what the school's program looked like. And ultimately, I told her, I said, you need to be happy. It's You're going to school, so you need to be happy with the decision. And, and I can be happy wherever we go. Um, and so we looked at the curriculum at the other schools and how it was taught and the ranks of the other schools. And ultimately, we came up with the decision to, to stay at Utah. And we lived here, so that, that made that part a little easier. We didn't have to move. And... Um, and she really enjoyed her time here, and mm-hmm. now she's a couple of weeks away from finishing up. And we'll get to that. That's yeah. kind of the big moment. Sorry. We're going to talk about what, well, like, because I, I feel like this, the process of going through the pros and cons, would also repeat yeah. itself in a few years. Right? So yeah, I know. It it's, it's, it's funny how life works as a cycle. Like right? That. Yeah. So, um, did did your employment? I, I mean, did your career? factor into the discussions because i think in every relationship there's always kind of this negotiation push pull kind of you know compromise you know we how how did that factor in when you were talking about med school choice um so we talked about like what i wanted to do with my life and where i was going and um and if i was comfortable being a potentially stay-at-home father Mm. um if we decide to have children at that point and um if we wanted to if that was, if I was okay with that, or if what we would do, where I w- our life would take us, kind of some of those long term ideas that you hypothetically talk about. And at that point, um, I had when we applied, I had a different job, and then um, Tenley didn't like my job. I worked in retail, mm. so she found me a new job, mm. and I worked um, in school. I work in academics um, at the University of Utah, and so. It was just, I don't know, it was something that we did for the for the time, and I told myself I'd figure something out when we get to the next chapter of our lives. Okay, okay. So it sounds like you got to know Tenley outside of school, right? She was going through the application process. Yeah. 
So how is it, you know, as there's, and you were married by the time school started? Yes. All right. How was it as the transition when she went from kind of someone who was working and doing all these activities to being a full-time student? How, how you know, how did that look like on your end? Was it, was it a big kind of change when all of a sudden she started to have to study all the time or? So, so, um, before school started, um, Tenley had a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And so going into school, um, she told me that she was going to treat school like a full-time job. So mm-hmm. even though here at the University of Utah, classes are set up where they're kind of blocked in a portion of the day, depending on the, the time of day and the year and such, but we would treat it like an eight to five job. So we came up, I, since I worked here at the University of Utah, I would, we'd drive together, which was, which was awesome. Cause you, cause yeah, you get to spend some time together mm-hmm. and we drop her off at eight o'clock. And when I got off work at five o'clock, I would pick her up and that's kind of how it would. And then if, if things, so day to day that didn't change as much. Um, and then when tests started coming, that's when things started changing. Mm. And I think some big things going into that is communication. So don't hold something back because just be open to talk about anything with your, with your spouse, anything you're going to, your frustrations, how things can change. And don't just come in saying you're frustrated. Come in with some suggestions, possibly, if like, hey, how could we change this? Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be some days where, you know, I recall Saturdays coming and she's getting up and going to study and she either left and went somewhere to study or I, she studied at home and it was, I made her breakfast and took her a plate mm-hmm. to where she was sitting and then she would eat and study and then I would grab the plate and take it back to the kitchen and wash it and do my own thing and I would make her a lunch and kind of do the same thing all day. And she just sat there and studied and you just have to be flexible and not be so rigid in understanding that the schedules, you know, your schedule might change and you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't be as rigid in your schedule, be flexible, but also be willing to, um, how do you say, enjoy the times together. So Mm -hmm. if you have just that moment to go, to the grocery store together to buy some groceries or if you have to go by yourself that's kind of what you have to do to support um, your spouse but just enjoying the the small times together and I think you'll understand and if you don't understand what that is you'll understand to appreciate the small times and and it's great the the hour you get to spend together or the, the time you get to sit down and watch tv together you know you get to through that the first years and throughout medical school you get to just learn to enjoy the time you get to spend together. Did it meet? I mean, everyone, I can, there's an image of medical school mm-hmm. before it starts. And obviously the two of you talked about like, she would start studying more and probably not have as much time kind of referenced to do like, you know, things with you. Like, did it meet your expectations or did it like, Oh wow. Like this is a lot more studying than I, than I thought. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah I, I guess I projected it in my head to be a lot of studying. Mm-hmm. So then when it wasn't studying, I wasn't disappointed. Okay. Um, and that's just how I set up in my head. Um, we got some advice from one of our neighbors who he is a surgeon and, um, his wife said, you know what, try to take some time together. So even if you're busy every night of the week, try to take one night to spend a couple hours together. If that's mm-hmm. going out to dinner, if that's, um, making a dinner together, do some activity together. Cause I'll just help, I don't know, break up the, break up the studying a little bit, but also just so you guys can have quality time together. And mm-hmm. so I think that's something we really tried to do throughout the first couple of years is just to try to plan that time together. Mm-hmm. Even if it was going to someone else's 
because we both have family here in Utah. So if it was even going to a family member's house together or something, just making sure we tried once a week to spend some time Mm -hmm. together because it is a a daunting task to study and it, it can be stressful. And I think as a spouse, you have to realize that maybe not that it isn't to just throw your thoughts away or anything, but try to put them first and re- reduce the stressors in their life. Mm-hmm. So figure out what your spouse's stressors are. Yeah. Um, if they appreciate a clean house or a vacuumed front room or any little thing, just try to do those for them. So then it takes that little stress out of their life so they can focus on their schoolwork. I, I love what you said, Zach, because I think medical school is inherently stressful. What, you know, there's many, many, experiences we go through life they're very very stressful and um it sounds like you 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 intently you did a great job in managing that stress because as a spouse you kind of see the other side of it and you know kind of the roller coasters of tests and test scores coming back yeah. and, and 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 those kind of experiences yeah. and, and i'm not saying like what we did was perfect like mm-hmm. it doesn't alleviate the bad days it doesn't take away the stressful times it just helps to minimize them, to mm-hmm. to be there, and then the the convert the communication I think is makes it open to be there for each other. So when you're having a bad day, you can just let someone vent about a test um, being hard or not understanding how to study for it, or you know just talking through scenarios with them. And, would you would she, would you help her study? I mean, would you get involved in like flashcards and quiz her, or because like I, I some talk to some couples and they, they kind of to kind of build more time together they kind of use the other person kind of as a sounding board or or, or things like that yeah I, I was used more as a fake patient later oh. on in life but, uh, <laughs> but i wasn't um when, it you have chest pain right yeah now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for studying purposes um that wasn't um tenley liked to just do her own thing she liked okay. to kind of be i don't want to s- shut off i guess just kind of be in her own little space that's her way of studying and so that's the way, mm-hmm. but I was there. I mean, if, if I needed to be there, she knew I would help her with something, but we didn't really do it that way together. Did you develop relationships with other spouses or male significant others or female significant others in the class? Cause so, I know that I, cause I know like there, there's like this something called the medical student Alliance where like, there's kind of like a support network that's kind of built in, but just my perception that tends to be a lot of women in that and not as many men. I'm just curious what your experience was. Yeah. Getting into med school, they, you know, they, they came across saying, Hey, we have these, um, different groups that you can join. And they were very female dominated as spouses. Mm-hmm. So I didn't join them. Mm-hmm. Um, Tenley had a group of, um, female students, classmates, classmates, there yeah. you go, peers, that we started doing stuff together. And so mm-hmm. we'd all get together with their spouses. And so her medical student friends became her classmates became my friends. Mm-hmm. And then we started doing stuff with their spouses. Um, never to the point that we would just do like a, a guy's trip or anything mm-hmm. like that. But we did go, um, a group of us went and rag one or ran or Ragnar together. Okay. Um, and so that was a few spouses and a few medical students. So that was fun. That's something to do in the summer and something to do in the first two years when you're mm-hmm. less busy, but yeah. Um, that was something fun that we did do as a group. Okay. Awesome. So as Tanley transitioned into her third year where she has like clinical rotations and going to the hospital and her hours are start, start being more variable kind of depending on what rotation she was on. How, how did that change? Or I mean, is that something you welcomed or was it, was it better to 
to have think, all the studying? Or I think for Tenley, it was a it was a she was something she wanted. I mean, she by the time you're done with two years of classwork, mm-hmm. you're ready for a little bit of a change to take what you've learned in the classroom and apply it to everyday life. So I think for her, it was a a good change. And so for me, it it was it made. What you are, you have to build on what you've done in the first two years as a couple, because mm-hmm. um, your life, your time separated, gets your time. Sorry, your time together is less. Um, she's busier. Your rotations change, and so for us, it came back to that communication mm-hmm. and a shared. We did a shared calendar on our phones, so that we could put in each other's schedules, and so we knew where we were. Mm-hmm. And at this point, um, when Tenley started third year, we also had a child by this time. So that added a, another wrinkle into our lives. Mm-hmm. And so just communicating and being where you need to know. And it sometimes became a daily discussion of what are we doing tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Um, and what your, what's your schedule? What's my schedule? Who's doing what? And also, it, it, I think it goes back to those basic things that we talked about doing in first year where being there supportive making lunches I guess is another thing that's mm-hmm. huge you can do in first you do through all medical schools prepare lunches the night before mm-hmm. would be my best thing it just takes away the stress in the morning to having to make the lunch while you're getting ready to go run to class if you're late um, or just making a meal for them and having some leftovers we became a big freezer meal mm-hmm. um, family we would make you know just like a lasagna or something and the leftovers we would cut up and put into freezer mills. And so it makes it an easy grab and go for a lunch. That's awesome. There's a lot to unpack there. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, no, like this is great. Zach. I love this. So, um, so it sounds like as time moved on, things got more complex in certain ways. Right. And, uh, you know, we were talking before I turned on the pod, but like, it sounds like Tenley decided to kind of pursue a master's and you also pursued a master's. Yes. So walk us through that. Like what was those discussions? Like who, who got their master's first and is this some bizarre one-upmanship within your marriage? To kind of- <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, Tenley, uh, during her first year of medical school, they, uh, I'm going to get it wrong. So you're going to correct me, but they have to do a experience. Mm-hmm. And Tenley chose to do an experience um, in Ghana. Mm. And she went to Africa and did some research. And that really solidified, I think, her understanding or wanting to do some something in public health. Okay. So, that, so after her second year, she took a year off and did a master's in public health. Okay. And um, at this point, I was thinking about doing a master's too because working working in the line of work that I do in higher ed- education administration, I was at a point where I needed an advanced degree to move on in my life. Mm-hmm. And I knew residency was coming down the pipeline in a couple years. Mm. And at this point I was thinking, you know, I'll have five years experience in this field. If I were to get a master's, that would just, just build my resume that if we had to move for residency, mm-hmm. that I would have a solid resume to be able to get a job somewhere else. And so I applied to grad school that year and did not get in. Um, and like you said, we, she, so, so she the original goal was to go up beyond your master's together to, so my, at the same time, my goal was to just graduate with my master's by the time she was done with medical school was okay. my ultimate, just my goal. And so I knew that if I applied that the year that I did, so she is now in her, 
would have been her third year of medical school, but she took the year off to do a master's. She has three years left, mm-hmm. um, and I have three years to get try to get a two-year degree in. So I'll apply once, see if I get in. If I don't, I'll mm-hmm. have one more chance to get in. Okay. So that's kind of was the decision of going and doing the graduate school. All right. And then decide to have a kid. And then we decided to have a child. And uh, we did. And, you know, that, you know, I think... This is during her third year? This is her third year, yeah. Okay, so during rotations. During No, sorry, during her third year of her master's. Okay. So we had a child while she was taking her, okay. doing her master's okay. degree. Um, so that must have been nice, insofar that the schedule probably was not as demanding right. on her as yeah. a compare. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to speak down to a master's of public health program, but no. in my experience, then, is that usually the coursework is not as demanding as medical school. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. It's... But at the same time, though, um, so we had the, we, our son was born in the spring semester and she had a week off and then she went back to classes the next week. Just, okay. So it, demanding in the way that she needed to get her coursework done. So I imagine it being similar to medical school in the sense that you still need to get mm-hmm. your coursework done. And so it's not like we were able to take a, you know, a, a long-term leave, but mm-hmm. it definitely, the demand wasn't as high on your time during that time so yeah so your son's born and everyone's you know pursuing different degrees and she's progressing and third year uh you know you mentioned at the very beginning zach being a stay-at-home dad did that discussion ever continue to grow or is that just kind of, that was just kind of idea at the beginning oh that that can that that's still a discussion to this day okay it's, um you have to weigh all the options of your life. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's continuing that, that conversation of dreams, where we want to be, mm-hmm. what's best for our family, what's best for us, um, not just for the family, but financially for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's, I guess it's still an open discussion about being a stay at home dad right now. I still am working. I still have a job and Luckily, we have a great support system here in Utah mm-hmm. with having both of our families. My dad is retired, so he was he runs a what he calls his grandpa daycare. Grand, <laughs> daddy, grandpa, grandpa daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, he just watches our nieces, his nieces and nephews mm-hmm. um, when people need it. But and, and teaches them lessons of life. And he does little grandpa wisdom. He does little pearls and nuggets. He probably drops on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so I mean so we are fortunate enough to have that support system and. Um, Tenley's mom's a teacher, so she's off in the summer. So mm-hmm. we're very fortunate to have a lot of support around us mm-hmm. to help us in that endeavor because I don't know if we went away to school that, that our life, the path that we're currently on would be that same path. All right. So if I were to ask you and Tenley, if Tenley was right, Tenley's not right here. I didn't say that again. Tenley's not in the room. She's here in spirit, though. <laughs> what kind of doctor she was going to be before med school, what would she have said? And then... Walk us through either how that was confirmed or how that changed towards the end of med school. I recalling mm-hmm. her answer that she tell others when she first started it was, you know, I'm going to experience medical school and have an open opinion and not have a definite thought. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that stayed true. Um, I remember her coming through first and second year and getting a lecture and saying man, that's awesome, Zach. I want that. And, mm. you know, if you're starting medical school, I think something fun that would be to do that I wish I would have done is 
every time your spouse tells you that they like something mm-hmm. or that they change their mind, write it down in a notebook. Yes, it usually gets them <laughs> down the road as a weapon. <laughs> just, just to see how, how... I'm married to Zach. I know how yeah, it works. Yeah. How often it changes and how, how you know, the process is... Yeah. But um, I think... So beforehand, before she went to medical school, she did benchtop research. Mm-hmm. And I think she knew that she didn't... That wasn't the... She was kind of done with that, and she wanted to do clinical research. Mm-hmm. And so after that first year when she did the research in, in Ghana, I think that solidified that she wanted to do a research aspect. And so it was kind of finding everything that she loved about different things and settling on, you know, the direction she wanted to go. At one point, she really she loved surgery. Um, and I think as we've talked about third year, you go through your rotations and there were some rotations that she loved and some rotations that she said, you know what, this is okay. I could do this, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. And I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. And so I think it, it slowly narrowed it down to a couple. Mm. Um, and then we just, we would talk it out and talk about, you know, a, the lifestyle of that kind of doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, also what, what that job looks like for her. Yeah. Is it, does she want to be doing the same thing every day, all day? And so she made her decision and then going into her fourth year, the end of third year, beginning of fourth year, she just really was debating between two. Mm-hmm. And before we talk about those two yeah, though, Zach, did you start forming a strong opinion? Cause uh, you know, you as a spouse, you know, like even though, for example, Tenley loves surgery, you know, the hours, tend to be much worse than other rotations and people tend to be very tired and you know what I'm saying? So I don't know if you started picking up things on your end saying, Ooh, you know, like, even though you say like X, Y, or Z, like I'm a little nervous, um, from my vantage point, cause I'm kind of seeing you at home and you seem stressed or you're very, very tired and I don't see you in the morning. So did that's, did you start forming opinions about the different fields? I didn't have necessarily an opinion about an exact field. Mm-hmm. My opinion was more of I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so you choose what you're going to be happy with. And I think that frustrated her a little bit because I didn't give her my full opinion. Uh. But then when she would talk about certain things, I would just try to remember in the back of my head, point out the the good and bad, the pros and cons that she had said about the rotation mm-hmm. and say, hey, remember, this is what you said before. Just don't know if you remember it. But mm-hmm. um, so just to take it all into consideration. And... Um, I would say she had an inkling, to be honest, to look back once she went to Ghana and did her research paper mm-hmm. of a potential direction she wanted to go, okay. um, but hadn't made that a solid. So it was more about confirming if that was where the direction she wanted to go. Mm. And there were some changes through third year, and we can talk about that because that came down to the final two of kind of what did yeah. she want to do. So what were the final two? What made the... So she really liked surgery. Okay. She loved surgery. Um, general surgery. General surgery. Okay. Um, she liked her surgery rotations, I guess I should say, because I don't know where all the rotations were, but she just really enjoyed those. But she also enjoyed um, her OBGYN rotations and the various, the gyne-onc, the, sorry, the gynecology-oncology rotation, the mm-hmm. um, maternal medicine. Mm-hmm. And so it came down to those two, and we... Just really tied. That's where we kind of, I think, really talked more about pros and cons, and 
the lifestyle of a, of a surgeon. You're you're a surgeon, and um, a lot of call. There's a lot of early morning call. There's yeah. a lot. You're just you're in surgery. Yeah. You're in surgery. There's no hours and hours on your feet. Yeah. There's no the other parts of being a doctor that she really enjoyed. You didn't get those as a surgeon. Um, she wanted to be able to do some research. She wanted to be able to have some bedside care. Mm. She wanted to be able to do surgery. And um, there's a fourth one, and I can't think of it right now. Um, and all those encompassed into OBGYN. Mm. And so she's able to do research if she wanted. She does some surgery in, in delivering, and she has that patient care in a clinic. And so it it was kind of the all-encompassing mm-hmm. for her. Now, are the hours going to be great? Are they going to be that... Um, doctor like uh what i perceive as a dermatologist or a family practice physician that you know has more of a set hour set schedule mm-hmm. um no it's not going to be that way and you know that's kind of what we signed up for and that's what i signed up for going into this was i know that i know the lifestyle of a doctor and so um fortunately we have i have friends that are doctors and so i understand how hectic the hectic the life can be mm-hmm. and just to be their support so for me that was actually another good thing going into it i had a um one of my friends is a physician and his wife's a physician as well mm-hmm. and just being there and the stages of medical school he would say hey at this point this might be a stressor so just a heads up you can mm-hmm. um just be out be just be there for her and so that was helpful too Awesome. All right, so she's picked OBJN. Yeah. She's feeling good about it. Uh, what was your strategy going, like, when you start sending out residency applications? Did you guys kind of focus more geographically, or is there something that Tenley was looking for in programs specifically, or how, how did that process start? So the whole process I would start before she had narrowed down, I think we would just have in our discussions of, where did we not want to live in the United States? <laughs> uh, so you're ruling out certain parts of the country. Yeah, so we're yeah. just ruling out geographical areas, okay. not necessarily programs at this point. Is this based on weather or proximity to Utah or like all of the good, above? Available food, you know, all of the cuisine. Above. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So weather. Um, I have a fear of snakes. So I mean, like <laughs> maybe that factored into a place. So you're googling where yeah, snake so. populations are the largest. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So. Um, so that's that. How that's I guess we would say where we narrowed down our first list, and then mm-hmm. once she had figured out um, what re- residency she wanted to pursue, she looked up a whole list, and then looked up. We went through and looked at test scores. Mm-hmm. We so we sat side by side, both on a computer, and we look up test scores. What kind of application materials each of these schools needed, mm-hmm. and we we set out a spreadsheet of of just to detail it all out. And, you know, we didn't necessarily exclude schools that were in those geographical areas because if there was a school in an area that we didn't love, you know, we may have applied for it. We would talk about it. And um, so we set down the list and I said, you need to feel good about your list. And so she narrowed it down and then... So did was she uh, did she do any away rotations? She did. Check, she, check, check these places she, out? She did not. Okay. Um, and that partly because of we have our son, yep. and that was going to be a burden that way mm-hmm. to take care of that. So she did not do an away rotation. I think looking back, like I think that's a great opportunity to do if it's available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did not do that. Mm-hmm. 
And I get the sense, was she looking at more academic programs? Because it sounds like if, if her, she has a research and uh, interest in research and maybe global health. Academics, um, how much, so at this point it's more like what they do for the family, how like family oriented are they? Mm-hmm. What, we looked at like what the step two score was, what scores they ex- kind of accept, mm-hmm. what their range is, so that we get into that applying to... As, as I was told, they're called reach schools and then your schools and then your, your safe schools. Your safe schools. Your, safe schools yeah, yeah, so just kind of making a good mm-hmm. grouping, I guess you could say, of those and then places you want to live and then the amount of schools you want to go to. And I know she reached out, not just you know for me, but to other professionals within the school mm-hmm. and got their opinion on, you know, here's what laid out everything. Kind of like the network everything. behind yeah. the scene. Like, what do you guys think about this program? What's the reputation? And then also, like, what... What do you think? Who? Where should I apply? Do you think this is a good school? Do you think it's a bad school? Just, just any questions she had, she made sure she just reached trying to like out. aggregate all this data, all this information into this Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. to try to to de- determine how many and where we applied. So, how many did you apply to? What were the? What was the final number? Ballpark. I don't remember. Thirty to forty. Okay, is where all right. We ended and, up. and then the interview offer started rolling. Yeah, and those are those are like mini acceptance to med school days you, yeah you get a letter and mm-hmm. um you get accepted and now with OBGYN, because i know in some specialties that's why i'm asking like the interview spots are so rare or so hard to come by that you need to jump on it immediately and sometimes they conscript the spouse to have access to kind of the email accounts to so you you need to respond immediately yeah. to get your top pick did, i were, did were not you, okay. i was not involved in any of that so okay. Um, one thing we did on the Excel spreadsheet is most places will um, tell you what their interview dates are. Oh, uh, okay. So they'll say, usually maybe for OBGYN, it was like once a month over the next four months, and they'd have interview dates. And so we knew that this school might have this date, and that's something you have to think is if you get two schools on the same day that's offering you a day, um, which one do you want to go to? Mm-hmm. Also, there is you know ways of saying... You know, unfortunately, I can't make it that day. Is to have another offer. Most schools will come to you with two days, okay. or ask you what your best availability is. And so, just managing all those calendar days within that, and then jumping on them. So she would not be on when she was not on a rotation. Like we had emails pushing to her phone, like immediately, so that she could respond to them and mm-hmm. get back to those things. And there were some that it was a matter of. Like minutes, minutes. Yeah, like she, you you have like to call yeah. on and, and get there. And luckily, so it sounds like she did that. She was able she, to navigate yeah. that even on rotations. Okay. Yeah. So she, for her, that was something she was able to do. And if that's something I never even thought of having the spouse work on, mm-hmm. but if that's something that you want to do in your relationship, that's you know, I, I just say open that lines of communication to what it is and realize that you have to travel. I mean, there was a lot of. You know, I knew the airport here in Utah like the back of my hand after a couple of weeks going and <laughs> picking her up. Like I could probably drive there in my sleep because mm-hmm. um, you just go so often. And I know some people, if they're fortunate enough, they try to do back-to-back interviews. So they yeah. try to fly out to, let's say, Texas, and then they fly to another interview in another state. Yeah, and try to stay in kind of the same state as opposed yeah. to crisscrossing the country. Yeah, and so yeah. For, unfortunately for us, it was more of flying in and out of Utah and mm-hmm. then back and forth and there was one day where she flew in and then that night she flew out to another interview as well and that was because the scheduling of the interviews came at different times but yeah it was did she did you guys start turning down interviews we did not okay all right um we accepted all the interviews that we were given or that she was given i I saw i talked a dozen or yeah okay 
we talk about this we thing, and it, it's really her, and, you know, I'm just here to support. So well, that's, it's, that's it's my next question, Zach. I mean, did you go to any of these? I went to one. I was okay. fortunate enough to go to one, and that, that was partly because in the middle of all this medical school time frame, I switched jobs. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have the vacation built up mm-hmm. um, at my new employment to go and this, and it costs. I mean, flights cost money, and yeah. so we did take one trip out. Um, Where'd you go? Back east to um, Virginia. Okay. And we made it a little vacation. So we took our son, um, and it was all about her mm-hmm. for the till the interview was over. And then we went on. We went. We drove up to Washington D.C. for a few days, and then we Beautiful. came home. So the, those are great times because sometimes you're not afforded those edu- mm-hmm. those vacations during medical school. So it was a time to kind of create a vacation. Okay, awesome. All right, so she's going out interviewing all these places. Um, I assume the Excel spreadsheet is just exploding with information left on right. A lot of, I assume, a lot of discussion between you and her as like this kind of proto embryonic rank list starts taking shape. Yes. Um, so as she went out, she took a notebook with her and then would write pros and cons. Mm-hmm. And she didn't just think about the school; she thought about the area. Mm-hmm. She thought about me okay. too, um, and some of her pros and cons, like things that I would like about the cities and what maybe I wouldn't like about the cities. Did, and um, I assume she was accurate, or did she sometimes well, like, so read like, in too much? So I really like. I mean, like, how worried was she about the snakes? I mean, I can no. just, I can see Tenley bringing up that question <laughs> with these different programs. Like, do you know what the snake population is? <laughs> No, the snakes, the snakes didn't come up, but I'm a, I'm a big sports fan, so oh, okay. if there was any sort of, like, professional sports there, she would note that. Oh, okay. Um, We're talking, like, basketball, football. Basketball, yeah. football, yeah. NFL. Right. Okay. Um, and so she just noted that. She noted the weather, you know, what um, relocation would look like, mm-hmm. maybe the cost, what she would ask residents, things along the lines of, you know, were you able to buy a house here? Do you rent? What what type of things do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, schools for, for kids, right? For, uh, yeah, yeah, schools, school all yeah. that. The school districts, because a lot of residents have children. I mean, it's more and more common. So, yeah, and so you know, so I think like the residents would would especially. I, I like what you said. Like, if the residency was quote unquote family friendly, you know, if they had a lot of married residents who had children, I think that would, that would be a kind of a great resource for especially someone going into that residency. Yeah, and yeah. so. I look forward to that going forward into this residency that um, is to look what other people have done and are doing as we move into that phase here in a little bit. But so right now we're in the, we're, sorry, we're talking about, we got a list, mm-hmm. we got interviews and now we're creating that rank list. And mm-hmm. um, I know she really thought about it and it went, and then finally we went to lunch one day mm-hmm. and she had cut up every school into a little strip. And she pulled it out in a little baggie. Oh, I love it. For a I went to see. Like, what, where is this? Uh, we're sitting down at um, Zupa's. Zupa's. Oh, and, a great place. That's a hot tip for everyone out yeah. there. Zupa's. Good so, karma at Zupa's. All right. It's uh, just a cafe with soup and sandwiches if you're not from Utah. And so we... Uh, so the different schools... Uh, every school is listed on a piece of paper. So they were all roughly equal then? No. So, oh, okay. So it was just like a little paper that said like University of Utah, you know, whatever the other schools were. And it was okay. Let's put them out. Let's let's put them in a list. Oh, I see. So, so we move you're her physically, back to, moving, physically them. moving around and saying, "Do we like this?" And okay. you know, based off where she had been, there were some schools that she really, really liked, and mm-hmm. there was obviously some schools that you're going to find that you know might not just be a good fit for you. And so 
you know, we originally put those to the top and the bottom, mm-hmm. and then we sat and talked and ate, and then we talked about the pros and cons of why is this school in the second place and this one's in the third place? Mm-hmm. Why is this one down in five? Should it be up at three? I thought you really liked this. She pulled her book out. We talked about all the pros and cons. So, I mean, it wasn't like a short lunch, and then we made the list, and to save it, we took a picture of it just so <laughs> to keep the order. Yeah. Um, and we did that a couple weeks before um, the, the lists the are due that we're doing. And so then we could, you know, think about it for, and so we talk about it, you know, every couple nights, like, Hey, are you feeling okay about it? What are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And then we, we talk, Hey, you know, I, you mentioned the school is really good. Why did you put it here instead of here on the list? And so we just still massaged it. And then once the list, once the ranks had to be submitted, and I think a day or two before we sat down and just kind of solidified the list. And to be honest, I don't know if it changed much since mm-hmm. our lunch meeting, but um, that was something that we sat down and worked on together. And for like, um, sounds like you kind of had like this big summit. Yeah. Know? Like now is you have all the information and I thought you were going to say that you put it in like uh, a, a hat and just drew out <laughs> yeah. random. So going, wow, that's gutsy. I love it. No, so, but I, playing fate decides. I think so, it yeah. does, does come to a point where there are a lot of schools that are like on equal grounds. Yeah. And like, yeah. W- why do I put this one as, you know, six instead of five when mm-hmm. you feel like they're pretty equal and so you just kind of i don't know yeah to well, me you have to go with your gut, gut. And yeah, yeah your gut instinct the, the, the problem is and like i i don't i don't see how you work around this in, in the way our system our society is set up like like you know like a lot of people are weighing different offers to medical schools a lot of people weigh different offers residency programs. a lot of people weigh different offers for jobs or master's programs and you try to make the best decision you can with I would argue finite amount of information because not until you actually set foot at that school in that job in that program do you really know what it's like you know so like so you can, you can try to talk to as many people as you want and you can try to get you know the internet's great for this you get all this information but it's really hard to make decisions because like like now like like in hindsight like oh you know I went through med school I know exactly what to look for now but once you have that information it's already in the rearview mirror right? right and you can try to share that with other people but everyone's different everyone has different needs desires wants so so yeah I just love but it sounds like you you two were very very thorough and introspective and reflective and uh, through this yeah I think what you have to do is when you're doing your list you just have to go with like you said your gut but you have to understand that you're going off, like you said, the information you have now. Mm-hmm. And if in after match you find out more information, you're like, oh, I wish I would have changed it. Like, you made the best decision you yep. had with the information that you had at that point. And that's what you have to know and go with. Yeah. And then just kind of trust the process because after that, you've done everything you can. Yeah. And it's just Philosophically, waiting. I sometimes have arguments, and you probably do too, too Zach. I, I I think about like what was my thirty year old self thinking? <laughs> Why did I make that decision? And like oh again, when I was thirty, I had this information, and uh, and I kind of was in this point in my life, and I made that decision, and that you know I can't doubt my thirty year old self, you know, and yeah, so I, I all of us, I think all of us should not try to live with our life with regrets. Everyone has a little bit of regret in their life, but like that's, I mean, you just have finite amount of information. So yeah. All right. So you submit the list. Uh huh. How was it from that up until kind of match week? Was it good? Were you feeling good about things? Was Tenley freaking out? Was feeling good but stressed. Okay. So really, you're not you're not you're not waiting, and I didn't know this until this past year, you're not waiting for match day. Mm-hmm. You're waiting for the Monday before. Yes. <laughs> was she ever worried that she wasn't going to match? Because you find out that Monday if you Right, match, you find out you get an email. Yeah. I, think, I think there's just a little bit of doubt that creeps in no matter okay. what. So okay. I think you're always going to have a little bit of doubt and that you're you're not going to match. That you're worried that 
something's going to happen. And mm-hmm. so that email comes and it just kind of relief. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it's now where? And so you come to Friday. And All right. So walk me through Friday. So the night before, you guys sleeping? You're dreaming about everything and the worst case scenarios. Okay. And I'm dreaming. And you just, I don't know, you don't sleep. Um, I don't think Tenley really slept that week, mm-hmm. to be honest. Just stress about where. Yeah. Um, the big of, reveal. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the back to that whole pro cons list. Like, so um, we came to Utah, obviously. Um, we had Utah on our list. And uh, so you have your pro cons. Like, do you stay? Do you go? Like, mm-hmm. if we I stay in Utah. you guys interviewed here. Yeah. Kind of a. You know, like even if you're not interested, it's always good kind of politically just to interview at your home program. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So as also so, as a good backup option. Right. Because everything starts falling through. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I'm sure. Yeah. You're loud. I'm sure Taylor, you, you had many yeah. discussions about this. So just, just, uh, just like where, how, how the life's going to happen. Like how the next, so this yeah. is a buildup. You've been waiting for four years to match day to residency. The next chapter, you don't know where you're going to do. You don't know where life's going to happen. You're mm-hmm. opening that book and you're starting the next page. And so, so you get there and. It's just this, you, you try to be helpful and nice to everyone and just, hey, we're excited. And there's an excitement and it's a great day and it's so an who's awesome there? day. So for most, for most people, um, they bring close family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those days that it's a celebration. So uh, for Tenley, it was, you know, her immediate family and um, Miami, some of my immediate family were, mm-hmm. were there. And, and your son. And our son. Running around, running around, and eating, eating all the treats. Yes, and <laughs> all sugar, every, and everyone's there, and yeah. you know everyone has their own family, and they're excited, and people are in different circumstances. They're they're going for different programs. Mm-hmm. Um, one person I talked to, they they had a blind match. They had interviewed for two different directions, so they didn't know where they were going. Yeah. So that so just this overall excitement, and you get the letter. They go get the letter, and so I will, okay. So they have a bunch of speeches. They cut the ribbon. Yeah. What does Tenley do? Does she go up, open it on her own, or she drag the envelope back to you guys? And yeah, so how did she do it? So we were standing in the back of the room. Okay. And so she went up. They call everyone up to go get your letters, and mm-hmm. she goes and gets hers, and she comes back to us, and we end up going down the hall and kind of having like our own little oh, area. I like that. That's a good um, idea. Instead of everyone around. Yeah. Um, instead of being in the masses. Instead of the more, masses, more intimate, more it's private. Okay, but yeah, yeah, but you're kind of all in your own little clicks anyway yeah, your with your bubble. families yeah. anyway. So. She opened it. Um, we all watching her, and she read it. So were you it. reading over her shoulder? Or no, just I was. I was. I was holding a. I was taking some pictures. Okay. <laughs> the camera guy. Um, there was multiple people with camera, and she opened it and read, and then, you know, announced that we were going out of state, <laughs> and okay. um, the flood of emotions of that you've been waiting for for years, four or five years. In our case, five years mm-hmm. um, of where you're going to go. Flood of emotions of. Um, that your life's changing and what that the implications of that are, um, and so it's a happy and a sad day mm-hmm. um, for for us. For me, it was because it's a happy day that we know where we're going. We have this next adventure, and I, I signed up for this, and but also that you're going to leave family. Mm-hmm. Um, just like any change in your life, there's going to be changes, and you're going to. You leave family. You're going to leave close friends. You're, you have to. You're going to leave your job, and mm-hmm. um, and that's just that's just kind of the circle of life. Um, but there are all there. These are these emotions of happiness and and change. And so it sounds like it was a rush of both positive and negative emotions. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and was that by everyone or just by you? I would say to an extent. I think there's emotions from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, happiness that 
depending on just how you look at it, I guess, happiness, where you're going, talking to other people, you know, they got into their, their number one program or where they wanted to go or what they felt best for their family. You know, if they're move, if that means they're moving or if they're staying. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's an emotional day. It's a, um, happiness. Mm-hmm. It's, it goes back to that day of opening your letter that you got in medical school mm-hmm. that you're accepted somewhere um, as in the next chapter of your life and so and you know where you're going and so it is an emo- it's an emotional day and so you know we congratulate each other and then we we went out to lunch we went out with, to lunch with, with everyone with the family and Zach when I hear you I listen to you I get the sense there's a lot of surprise yeah it was, it was a kind of a shock I think we had um in our mind had built up where we were going to go. Mm. And I think, you know, maybe not together, but maybe in my mind I had made plans of what my future was going to look like. Mm-hmm. And those plans didn't happen in the way in which I thought they were going to, um, which is, which is in his own, in its own way, um, a coincidence that you could say, but, um, there's a book called Consider the Butterflies and it talks about coincidences that you that happen in your life and I think um, I truly believe that everything for whatever reason happens for a reason and so you know for whatever reason we are doing this other this what I didn't project in my mind and mm-hmm. so but it's it's going to be awesome and yeah that's kind of life thing. yeah you know? so and, th- and things don't happen exactly every day how you want them but I remembered so I can talk a little bit so um, when I st- when I did the match process, I was still single, um, and I had ranked a program in Arizona as my top choice. And we exchanged the little love letters, you know, the emails, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, you know, and they, they kept on assuring me in, like, that vague pseudo-romantic language that, oh, we're going to rank you very high, blah, blah, blah. You know, and so, again, I wanted to match there, going, oh, you know, I'm Arizona. You know, it's close to Utah, it'll be close to family, you know, it'll be down there, there's, like, tons of single people running around Arizona, you know. And then I opened up my match envelope, and it said Washington freaking D.C. And and I, I my parents were there, um, and they said I looked like like my brain had just been blown apart. Like I I, I didn't talk for like two minutes because I was just processing this because it was such a dramatic shift. Like I didn't know anyone in D.C. It's on the East Coast. It's like hours and hours away, and it took me a long time. You know, I, I remember very clearly. I went to the Barnes and Noble and Sugar House. Do you remember that? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And I went and bought a map of DC. This is kind of before Google Maps and that whole thing. And I said, "Okay, where the hell am I going to live?" Uh-huh. <laughs> like, as I had not thought about this very carefully. And and in the end, Zach, like I, this was the time of my life. I met my wife out there. I have some close friends. I still stay in touch today. And and yeah, but like in the moment, it just felt it just felt overwhelming. It's like what's what's happening? What is this? Yeah, and I think I think you have to go into match day um, with an open mind of anywhere on your match list is where you could go. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, we had determined in our mind where we had matched. Mm-hmm. And where we ended up was not where we had determined mm-hmm. we were in our minds we had matched. And so um, I think that's what caused the shock or the, mm-hmm. the surprise the most. Does it feel better now today than it did a few weeks ago? Yeah, for okay. sure. Um okay. You know, I think, you know, that that day might be shocking, but as, as things happen, I think you just realize that that's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, we, 
we went out, so we matched. Um, yeah, where'd you match? We didn't we even matched, say it yet. Yeah. We matched um, at the University of Minnesota. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Twin Cities. So we went out there this last weekend. Not a lot of snakes. No, it's not a lot of snakes. too cold. And we uh, found a place. Uh-huh. And so I think once those um, cards start to, to fall, I guess, or the dominoes start to fall mm-hmm. as of what you need to do to to then get to that match day and the information. The, so then there's, after the match, there's the waiting game until you get your information from the school. Mm-hmm. And then it's now it's... It's that's life, and so you you, I think you just jump on it and you just go with it. You, mm-hmm. I that's just where it's going to be. Like you can't change it, so you just go with it and mm-hmm. enjoy it. And it's going to be a new experience. And you know, in the big picture, it's just the length of your residency. Yeah, yeah. and it can just be the length of your residency. You could move back, and yeah. um, and so I just feel like you can go and create memories and have a good time. I. I've talked to other people and they say, you know, when I was in residency, just like you mentioned, like it was a great time and mm-hmm. I made the most of it. And so I think, I think it's a great opportunity to go make the most of it yeah. and, and see a new city and meet new people. And so Zach, but something I was, again, kind of like the Tao of me, Tao of Ben, Tao of Dr. Chan, like our lives are like 5,000 chapter books. Yeah. And we're like, we're only on chapter like 257, right? Yeah. There's so many more chapters to write. And I know you know, I, I totally understand. I totally feel what you're saying, but I can promise you in a few years, it's going to be so awesome because Tenley's going to be done with all this medical education stuff. And then you can start entertaining offers to be an attending physician wherever you want to be in this country. And I, I, one of the blessings and curses of our medical education system is that, yeah, like you go to med school where you get in, you have to go through this match process, but there is so much freedom and autonomy at the back end. It's going to be beautiful. I mean, she can work as much as she wants. She can determine her own hours. It's she can work anywhere she wants to in this country. So yeah, yeah. and it's gonna be great. And that's like, and you can always come back to Utah. Yeah, and I, I, I ended up back in Utah. You know, so yeah, I think that's just the next chapter. Mm-hmm. And right now, my chapter is just getting us moved mm-hmm. to Minneapolis, and and that process. And I think once you get to that process, it's about being supportive of your spouse because depending on how they set up their fourth year depends on how much freedom and time they have to mm-hmm. work towards um, the moving logistics of moving and the paperwork that needs to be done. And so you just got to be there to be supportive in that situation. And, um, you know, Tenley is starting up another rotation here soon. And so we'll go back to that life of I'll see her a couple days a week. I mean, you have to understand, too, during medical school, there's going to be some weeks um that you might see each other like two hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're working. So for me, it was, I got, I left to work and by the time I got home, she had left to her overnight, um, rotation. And the next morning, you know, I might've seen her for 10 minutes by the time she got home before I had to leave. Mm-hmm. And so just knowing that you love each other and that you're there, you're there to support each other in any way. And if it, if it's a small note, a token of appreciation, uh, making their favorite meal, just anything to let each other know. I mean, this is for the medical student and for the spouse to know each other that you appreciate each other and what you're there, that you're there for each other and that you're in it together is kind of my overall thought of how to be supportive throughout the whole process. Zach, I think, you know, I, I first of all, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I love talking to you. I love, I love getting to know you. And, and I'm also just very appreciative of you, Tenley. It sounds like it's been a beautiful journey. It's been hard at times. But I, 
I'm just so excited for you guys because it's a beautiful next chapter of your lives. And I just, I don't know. It's like, I, I've been to Minnesota many times. Um, there's tons of great stuff to do. It's very, it's a great place to raise kids. And I can totally see you and Tenley end up back in Utah down the road. And, and you always, then you can become a Viking fan planted yes. <laughs> here in Salt Lake City. We can wear the purple. So. Yeah, it, it's going to be great. Um, like, yeah, it's just the next chapter. And I can't, it's going to be fun to write and mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes and just be open and just try to be positive all the time. Like you said, there's not, it's not always going to be great days. There are bad days and there are hard days and there's hard weeks and hard months and hard rotations and mm-hmm. just being there to be a so- shoulder to cry on or a shoulder to be supportive in any way you can. It, it just support for a different, it means different things for different people, but however you support each other, that would be just be there to support. All right. Well, thank you so much, Zach. Thanks for listening to talking admissions and med student life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.